the book of Hebrews. Who would you think it's written to? The Hebrews. The book uh, is written to uh, the, the Jewish people, and the, the writer of the book is anonymous, but the evidence seems to point pretty strongly that it's Paul the Apostle who wrote the book of Hebrews. One of the reasons Paul may have stayed anonymous, not put his name in the book, is he was already pretty hated by the Jewish people and the evidence that he laid forward in this book that the law of Moses was done and Jesus Christ was the Messiah that was crucified and the New Testament had come in was pretty strong, so he may have just left his name out because they already wanted to kill him. I don't know what else they would have done if he had put his name on this book. But actually, who better to write this book to the Hebrews? He said that he was a Hebrew of the Hebrews. He was a converted, zealous Pharisee, Paul was. But regardless who wrote the book, the author is God. The author of the Scripture, the Holy uh, Spirit moved and, and people penned it down as divinely inspired. The book of Hebrews was written to show believers that Judaism had come to an end because of the fulfillment of Christ. And when you think of Judaism, it it puts the emphasis on right conduct and focusing on Moses' law, Moses' covenant, uh, which is recorded in the Torah and Talmud which is our Old Testament, right? And wouldn't it, just stop for a second, just for a second here. Wouldn't it be kind of sad, wouldn't it be awful if it ended there? The Bible ended with the Old Testament. We love the Old Testament, don't get me wrong. But if that was it, if there was no Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the birth and life and death and resurrection of Christ. This would be a lot different experience this morning, wouldn't it? Our songs would be different, wouldn't they? Our life would be different. Our hope would be different if it wasn't for the New Testament. So it was written to say that this things had had been done away with. Christians believe that uh, individual salvation comes from repentance toward Christ and receiving Jesus Christ by faith. There is a a difference. Hebrews is also written to believers and Jewish believers warning them of the dangers, listen to this, of mixing or meshing Judaism with Christianity. We, for whatever reason, as humans... We, we see Christianity and how simple it is and how clear it is, but then yet we like to add some stuff to it, don't we? We like to add some religion to it. We like to add some requirements to it. We like to add stuff to it for whatever reason. But he writes this to say, listen, don't add anything to uh, the New Testament, the new covenant that Christ has brought because of his death, burial, and resurrection. The key word, pay attention to this, the key word of Hebrews is better. It's interesting, if you wanted this week, take and read through Hebrews and just underline maybe where it says better. Make your own list of things that are better because the book of Hebrews is kind of a contrast of 
the good things of Judaism. So don't misunderstand what I'm saying here. Old Testament's wonderful. It's good, right? Judaism's good. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But Christianity and Jesus Christ and what He has done is better. That's what Paul says clearly here in, um, in the book of Hebrews. He talks about Jesus Christ is better than the angels in this book. He talks about Jesus Christ is better than the prophets. Right, amen. He talks about Jesus Christ is the better high priest, which would make it make for our uh, our 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 prayers and our uh, prayers to God now so much better because it's individual with one mediator, Jesus Christ. He talks about the sacrifice. This is a, this is a big deal. He talks about the sacrifice in the New Testament. The New Covenant is better. Jesus Christ is our sacrifice. And why is the sacrifice better? Because it's better blood. It's eternal. He talks about a better tabernacle and a better temple. In Hebrews, he talks about a better covenant with better promises. The nation of Israel had some awesome promises. They did. But ours, those who believe Christ, Jew and Gentile alike, is better because our promises are eternal, not just earthly. Not just a promised land that's here on earth, but a promised land that is eternal, a new heaven and a new earth. We have better promises. He talks about a better Sabbath for believers, a better rest. He talks about, in Hebrews 11, that we seek a better country. And because of this, because of this, all these betters, then we as believers should have better faith than those of the Old Testament. He takes, and, and we're going to look at it for a second, but the Old Testament saints, they had faith. They had faith, my. They, Hebrews chapter 11 is about those that put their faith in what God said. But let's just open up first off and start in Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 1. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 1. I don't know, I'm thankful it's a little cooler this morning. This is, feels a little better. First time in a while, I'm not sweating real bad up here. feel good. I can get a little more moving around now. <laughs> Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 1. The Bible says, God who at sundry times, that means different, various, uh, in several, so God in, in, in different times and in diverse manners spake in times past into the fathers by the prophets. God moved in the Old Testament, right? right God spoke to the people through prophets different ways. God had all different styles that He used, uh, miracles and things that He showed people, things in the Old Testament. Verse 2, hath in these what? Last Days. Let me just say this. Uh, it's just kind of a side note. We're in the last days. We're in the last days. Hath in these last days spoken unto us by His Son, whom He hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also He made the worlds, who being the brightness of His glory, in the express image of His person, 
and upholding all things by the word of His power, when He had by Himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Being made, look at this, so much better than the angels, as He hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. Paul, the writer, starts this book by saying, listen, uh, God spoke to us through prophets. God spoke to us through all these different means and different ways in in times past. But in these last days, God spoke to us by Himself. God came Himself. He sent His only begotten Son. i got to say our first point in this message is we have a great Savior. We have a great Savior. There is, he is a great Son and He is a great Savior. When it came time for the eternal payment and purging of our sins, God the Father didn't send an angel. God the Father didn't send a prophet. But He sent Himself through Jesus Christ. He came Himself in person. The one who the prophets prophesied about, The one who created the angels and that the angels worship and adore, He came Himself to pay our sin debt, to purchase from our sin. John, talking about Christ, he said this, he said, And we beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John, after the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, said, We saw Him. We saw Him face to face. He was with us. He walked among us. His words told us these things. And we watched Him as He died and rose again. Jesus Christ is the express image of God. We've mentioned that here before, that one day we're going to look at God in His face. We're going to see Him. And the face that we will be looking into is the face of of Jesus Christ. He is the image and the express image of God. As we see Jesus Christ and this great Savior, we see that His expression is brought through the Word. That's what John said. And the Word, what? Became flesh. And dwelled among us. So as we see that we have a great Savior, the second point would be We have great words. We have great words. The Word of God, so powerful. What did God use to create the world? He said what? Let there be light. And there was light. You know what His Word has? His Word has creating power. I mean, the words of God have creating power. They have changing power still today. Uh, When we're talking about having better faith, and that's really what the message is about, is having better faith. Uh, We don't just have faith in everything, or we don't just have faith in anything, but we have faith in what? His words. We have faith in the words of God. He says, take your Bibles and turn to to Hebrews chapter 4, some powerful... Verses on God's Word. Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. 
He says, for the word of God is quick. That means, for the word of God is living. For the word of God is alive. That separates this book from every other book in, in, in human history, okay? That it's living. That it's alive. Right? He says, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a what? Discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. I can't tell your thoughts. I can judge, but probably wouldn't be right to, to judge your intent, your intents. But the Word of God... You know why some people have a problem with the Bible? I think. is because when they're reading it, it's reading you. It's a mirror. It's able to speak to our hearts something that some people just say, I don't want to hear. I mean, it knows our heart. It knows what's going on. I'm, what I'm trying to say is the Word of God is living. It's alive. It's quick. It's powerful. Look what he says. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in what? His sight. But all things are naked and open under the eyes of what? Him. Still talking about the Word. Him. With whom we have to do. We're talking about the Word of God that is alive, that's living, that's powerful, that's a discerner. Uh, in First Peter, take your Bibles and turn there. These are some good verses. What do you... Turn into some scripture. Hold your finger in, in Hebrews, though. First Peter chapter one, talking about the great words. He says in First Peter chapter one and verse twenty-two, seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth. Uh, the truth will change our life, won't it? Through the spirit of unfeigned love of the brother, and see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. Being what? Born again. Not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. What? By the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. You know, the word of God is eternal. When he said that the, 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 the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, Jesus Christ was eternal. The Word of God is eternal. It's going to abide forever. You know, this world may not, will not. Uh, many things will not abide forever. Uh, but the Word abides forever. He says, he says uh, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the Word of God. Verse 24, For all flesh is grass, and the glory of man is the flower of the grass. The grass withereth, the flower thereof fadeth away. Verse 25, But the Word of the Lord, what? Endureth forever. Do you know, endure, you know how many countries, you know how many world powers throughout history has tried to do away with this book? I mean, have gone to war against this book? The Bible? Good luck. Uh, he said, when God said it's going to abide forever, that through His Word He framed the worlds. When He spoke, there became light and life. And new life comes from the Word of God. 
You can't, you can't, we have no power over this. He says, but the word of the Lord endureth forever, verse 25, and this is the word by which the gospel is preached unto you. What I'm trying to say is, uh, Paul, Paul showed that we have a great Savior and that we have great words, the word of God. Turn back to Hebrews chapter 2 now. These life-giving words. How are we born again? How do we come to know Christ? Through obeying the truth. Obeying the gospel. These everlasting words. In Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 3, he asks an interesting question to the Hebrews, to the Jewish people. He says, how shall we escape? Hebrews 2 verse 3, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? If you just stop right there and ask yourselves that question, uh, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? The answer to that question is, you will not escape. The way to Christ, the way to God is through Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. You will not escape. If you choose to pay for your sin yourself, you will not escape. This salvation is great though. When you think about it, so great a salvation. Why would we neglect something like that? Why would we pass that by? Something uh, we talked about last week. Uh, it would be unreasonable, wouldn't it? To neglect so great a salvation. Look what he says in verse 15 of chapter 2. He says, And delivered them who through fear of death were all their lifetime, what? Subject to bondage. You know what this great salvation does for us? It delivers us, doesn't Amen. it? It delivers us. It delivers us from the penalty of sin. It delivers us from an eternity in hell. The Bible tells us. You know, he says that it delivers us from the fear of death. As we talk about the hope of the resurrection, this great salvation takes away the fear of death. It gives us the hope of eternal life. It, he says, frees us, uh, takes away this bondage. Our whole lives, can you imagine uh, someone uh, being their whole life afraid of death, afraid of, 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 uh, of what's going to happen after death and being in bondage to sin? This great salvation has come to free us from these things. What a great Savior. What a great salvation. What great words. That's what our faith is based on. When we talk about having better faith, again, I'm going to make this point several times, that our faith is not just in anything and in everything, but our faith is in what? Jesus Christ. Our faith is in His words. Our faith is in His salvation. This great salvation. Take your Bibles and turn to Hebrews chapter 11. Again, I encourage you to read through the book of Hebrews this week, but if you want to really just read one chapter, not the whole book, read Hebrews 11. This is the uh, what, what, we'll, what we'll call the Hall of Faith, uh, the Hall of uh, Fame of Faith. Uh, all these Old Testament saints that <clears throat> believed God and obeyed God In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1, the Bible says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Do you know there's substance in our faith? A faith starts 
with just a seed, does it not? Think back in your own life. It starts in just believing the gospel and following Christ. But let me ask you, after believing, after walking with Christ a little while, there's some substance there, isn't there? I mean, there's some things that have happened that you'd say, uh, no, it's not just, uh, I mean, he's working in my life. I fellowship with him. I know him. I see him. He's working here. There's some substance here. It says faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. Some of the Old Testament saints, the folks that came before, they had a good report because of their faith. He says, through faith we understand. Faith will help us to understand, won't it? You say, well, I just can't. I just can't understand. Have a little faith. It may help us to understand. He says, um, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God so that things which are seen are not made of things which do appear. That's been proven by science. That there's things that frame together things that uh, you and I can't see with the naked eye. That, that was written down 2,000 years ago. That's been proven by science. Verse uh, verse three, he says that we understand that this is just a this is just a example of our faith. You know, creation could be substantiated uh, by the argument of design. I think that uh, if you're reasonable, you would think that there had to be a design because everything else science proves that everything else had a design that's been created with order, but. Creation must also be a subject of our faith, believing the Word of God. It's one of these things that that as we uh, read God's Word, when He says in the beginning God created, it takes faith to believe it. But after you begin to believe it, then it begins to make sense. This is just an example of our faith in Christ, in His Word, and in His salvation. You know what faith is? Maybe a simple definition of faith is to believe God and all that He has revealed to us through His Word and through His Spirit. It's to believe God and all that He has revealed to us in His Word and in His Spirit, through His Spirit. Faith is better than just following rules. If we had a a religion where you could just put it all on paper, write it down and say, if you do this, then you'll be accepted and you'll be a good person. Uh, We might be able to do it, but it wouldn't be all that wonderful. It wouldn't be all that relationship, would it? It wouldn't be be real. But when we put faith in Christ and His Spirit, uh, it's a whole different, it's it's a whole different ballgame, isn't it? You know what faith is? And, and sometimes we have this wrong idea of what faith is. But faith is a mover. The Bible tells us faith is a mountain mover. But more than that, we would like to see faith do in this church. Uh, faith to do in our own personal lives. Faith to do in, in, in believers' lives. Is faith should move believers. Faith should move us. Changes. That, that's exactly what Hebrews 11 is all about. I challenge you, read it and look at it. It says, uh, 
Abraham believed God and moved. Noah believed God and built a boat. Right? Uh, uh, Joshua believed God and went into the, the, the promised land and conquered and fought. Moses believed God and turned away from his, uh, his life as a prince in Egypt and followed after God. You see what I'm saying? That faith isn't just this thing that, I, oh yeah, I'm a person of faith, uh, but you'd never know. You know, some people say uh, two things you don't talk about is faith and politics. Well, that's crazy. Those are the two things that will change everybody's life, right? Faith is what will change your eternal destiny, and, and politics is what's going to change our freedom here in this country. Why would we silence ourselves about these things? Faith, faith, faith is not something that you could have inside, and it just could stay there. It would change us. It would move us. It would cause us to start moving toward God and changing how we act and what we do. This is the faith that we need. Faith in Christ. Faith in His Word. James takes a chapter, almost a partial of chapter, a passage, and, and he, he's kind of hard on us, really. I mean, he, he takes it to another level. Uh, he basically just challenges, calls us out, and says, if you don't have... Listen, everyone knows we're not saved by works. But when we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ and God's Spirit moves inside, stuff starts to happen. Things start to change. We start to change. And it becomes evident. That's what James is talking about. He says, even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. In other words, James says, if you say you have faith, but nothing has changed in your life, you don't really have faith. If you say you have faith, but you're not moving, you don't feel called, you don't feel any growth, then James said, sorry. You don't have faith. This is, this is a powerful verse maybe for the religious crowd. He says, he says uh, Thou believest that there is one God? Thou doest well. The devils believe also. In other words, he's saying, oh, you say you believe in God? Yes, yeah, so do the devils. So does, so does evil believes that there's a God. Uh, but, but what is your faith in Christ? What is your faith in His Word and in His salvation done to change your life? To move us closer to Him. You say, what do I mean by moving us? Moving us in a relationship with Christ. In a growth with Christ. Growing in grace. Growing in love. We as believers, we want to have our faith in God, in Jesus Christ, in His Word, in, 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 in His salvation, so that it changes us, so that it moves us. One of the greatest definitions of faith I've found, and I know I've read it here multiple times, one of my favorite passages on faith is in Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4, Paul again, talking about uh, the faith of Abraham, Old Testament saint and following God. In Romans chapter 4 and verse 18, Paul says, Who against hope believed in hope. 
Now we're talking. When we don't have any hope, and we still believe that God's going to help us, God's going to deliver us, God's going to do something, this is moving faith. He says, uh, that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. God told him he was going to have a son with Sarah, didn't he? And that his, his seed would be go for generation to generation. And the Bible saying that Abraham believed God and didn't even consider himself as being a hundred years old. Now this is, this is when, when you don't even consider yourself in the equation in having a child, <laughs> that's faith. You understand? If you said, Abraham says, God said it, it's going to happen. I'm not even considering the, the uh, facts around me in that sense, but I believe God can do it. He said he considered not himself being a hundred years old, neither the deadness of Sarah's room. Verse 20 he staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Do you know what happens when things around us look impossible, but yet we believe God? As Christians, we bring glory to God because God will see us through. Because when, when faith moves believers, faith moves Faith moves God. This is the last verse as we close. Back to Hebrews 11 and verse 6. Hebrews 11, 6. He says, But without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is a... He is and that He is the rewarder of them that, what? Diligently seek Him. We want to please God. As Christians, I know we do. All of us. We want to please God. You say, how do I please Him? Believe Him. Seek Him. That's it. Believe Him and seek Him. Diligently seek Him. So how do I diligently seek Him? Faith cometh by what? Hearing and hearing by the Word of God. How do I put this into practice this week? I'm going to say the same thing. You know, I, you, you hear me say all the time. Let's get into His Word. Let's seek Him in His Word. And then when we read it, believe it. And you know what James says? When you believe it, you'll do it. When you believe it, it'll start working out in your life. And all of a sudden, you'll look back and you'll say, I've been reading the Word. I've been reading this Word. I've been believing it. And my goodness, I've changed. I'm not the same man I used to be. I'm not the same woman I used to be. And people around you will say, that must have been God. Giving what? Glory to God in our lives. This is what faith can do. Do you have faith? Are you being moved? Can you focus on Christ and focus on His Word? As we... As Christians, as followers of Christ, we walk in faith. We can walk in this faith fearless and faithful. Remember that we have a better covenant. Remember that we have better promises. You say, I've been hindered from moving forward. You don't have to be hindered from moving forward. You have better promises in Christ. 
You said, I, I've been stopped, I've been hindered by my past, remembering the mistakes of my past. You don't have to be hindered by the mistakes of your past. You have a better sacrifice that paid for our sins and paid for our past. We have these better promises to move forward. You say, I'm not sure of the future. There's a lot of unknowns, but we have the Word of God as a light unto our uh, feet and a light unto our path. Lamp unto our feet and light unto our path. Let's close in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I pray that You would make us followers of You. God, I pray that You would make us just believers. Lord, that even this week that we would just make a commitment to, to diligently seek after You and Your Word and believe what we read and put it to practice. God, I pray that You'd change us into the image of Your Son, Jesus Christ. And God, I pray that we would be Christians that are moved by faith. And God, as a result of that, that we would see You move in our lives, in our church, and in our country. God, we need You. Please, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.